I'm Gab, and he's Jules back from holiday. Grace guys over West London. Um, very much so. I think the way Chelsea left that two-goal uh, two lead slip away yeah. against Arsenal, we're going to get into that. We're going to be talking as well of the, the passing of, of Bobby Charlton. Um, Matt Stoff at the Sanchez Peace Farm at Real Madrid. Real Madrid TV especially. Great. Not happy. Some, some tremendous games. Barcelona, by the way. You, how about that? Uh, but let's start. Just a mile or so down the road. It's yes. Bridge because Chelsea, it's Arsenal. I, I've given Pochettino a lot of passes because he's had a lot of people injured, weird stuff going on, whatever. Um, and they go into this game against Arsenal and things work out for Chelsea. But what I can't work out, at least work out for a while for Chelsea, is were Arsenal really bad in that first half? Or yeah, did were. Chelsea make them look bad? Because both. Enzo Fernandez is actually playing where he should be playing. Yeah, and Caicedo. Yeah, both, I think, Gab, the two surely linked in the sense that this was one of the worst first half we've seen in, since Mikel Arteta took over at the club. And that's 143 games, I think. That was the 143rd. And I think only three or four times before, they only had two shots like the XG in the first half was 0.12. It was just, there was just nothing. I think Chelsea so, had three shots in that first half. So, by the way, it's not it's like not much more, but at least they, they were there. They won all the jewels, all the yeah. ball. They were very much more, far more aggressive. They played with a lot of intensity. Arsenal had a lot of bad passes, bad touches everywhere. It was just, there was just no rhythm to Arsenal's game. There was a lot of rhythm, I thought, to this Chelsea side. And, and I think the jury is still out on Pochettino in terms of what he can do with this team. Even now with three games unbeaten, two wins, one draw, etc. But what they have is when they play with that intensity and that energy, Gallagher, Caicedo, Enzo, but even Sterling, Palmer, the runs, the running, Mudrick, of course, all of that, then I think they, they become hard to play against. They're not amazing, certainly not with the ball, but I think it's hard to play. However, as soon as they drop a bit of that intensity against a team like Arsenal, who are a better team than them, then you, you see that it's a bit more difficult for them. And I just don't think right now they can play on the high-intensity level for a whole 90 minutes in a game like this. And why not? Should they be rested? There's no European football. I, mean, I, know, I know, but it's still hard, man. Hey, I, I know. I, I did kind of feel that Cole Palmer, so you have an extra midfielder. By the way, there's um, none of this false nine nonsense, right? You, you had Cole Palmer and Gallagher ahead of um, Caicedo and Enzo, right? That was, that, that was the basic setup. It does out. It did allow them not just to do well in terms of intensity, but also kind of put the lid on Arsenal's midfield. Equally, mm-hmm. you can make the point that, and this I think this applies to the whole game. Um, Chelsea's goals were a penalty that was gifted to them by Saliba. By, 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 by Saliba. The other one, a Mudrik one, where it's not really clear if it's he not, meant come it or on, not. Please. We're clear, right? It's, <laughs> well, it's a cross. Pochettino well, says 100% he meant it, and he says he yeah. practices it all the time. Of course, of course. Um, and then, but then equally, Arsenal's goal, one, Sanchez goes walkabout, right? Doesn't realize, oh, look, Declan Rice is a professional footballer. He might actually shoot from there. And, uh, and then Malagusta falling asleep at the far post. Yeah, which is what Malagusta does. So... It was an entertaining game. I was there. I don't quite it was follow the it. Highest and quality was it? No, no, very low quality. Again, yeah. bad weather as well. Yeah, yeah. All you want. Um, but let's go back to one of my favorite issues: Taviraya, Aaron Ramsdale. Do we have an issue here? So what for the ball that he lost to Palmer that should have scored, or what? Or the Mudrik goal? I don't. I don't. I know it's a bit high. On the Mudrik goal, he's really close to his near post as well. I'm not so sure about mm. that. 
I just think it's a fluke from Mudrik. He goes in. He could have lobbed a lot of the goalkeeper. We saw Murphy scoring the same goal for Newcastle pretty much against Palace on Saturday as well. Okay, what, what, what I question is, does David Raya's passing, which I'm assuming is the only reason he plays, does it add that much value to Arsenal's build I think so. No, I know, I know he against thinks City, so. Against City, okay, there was a couple of times once that Alvarez blocked. He plays long with accuracy, with accuracy, which I think is what Teta really likes. Sure, great. But on the flip know, side, but... you have a guy where I think at some point, I, 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 I don't know. But again, I go back to my original point. If you want to pick Raya, that's fine. But please don't tell us, oh, no, I'm picking them based on the opponent. And one time it might be Raya. One time maybe Ramsey will come on as a sub in some games. Just come on. Come on. Come on. We know better than that. Uh, other thing, I miss this in real time because, you know, you're there. You don't get the benefit of the replay. Watching it again, yeah. Arsenal should have had a penalty when uh, Sanchez cleared out Gabriel Jesus. I mean, this was like oh, this was like Onana against Wolf proportions. Yeah? Except that in against Wolves, Kalasic gets actually the ball. And then Onana... Just clatters right. in. In this one, Gabriel Jesus is nowhere near the ball, but still he gets clattered. This is a foul everywhere else on the pitch. It should be a foul in the box as well. We should point out that Arsenal are yeah. top of the league for now as we record this on a Monday morning. Uh, ahead of Spurs, obviously, are, are playing Fulham uh, on a Monday night. Yeah. Still unbeaten. Spurs, yes. And Spurs Arsenal. are still... Arsenal? Yeah, okay, fine. Uh, They're still unbeaten. It's really? Like, yeah, nine games in the season. Did, did, I, did I dream that game against Longs? There was a different no, in the league. They're unbeaten in the league. So what? That doesn't count. But in the league, they're unbeaten. No, okay. they haven't lost a game in the league. Mm-hmm. City have lost games. Liverpool have lost games. Okay. Chelsea have lost games. How many they Spurs lost? Yeah. Ooh, Spurs see. are still unbeaten. Respect too. for Big Ange. But like, how Sorry, can like? I had to, I had to is it weird for them? What you we don't, don't talk like about fact- Spurs on the show because they're playing tonight. So I needed to give. Okay, them yeah, and fair enough. My, my, otherwise my Spurs uh, fan friends would, would get on to me. All right, wait. Strikes me about this, it, and you're right, they're right up there. I think right now they're really far, really, really far from where they could be. And they are mitigating circumstances. Obviously, Saka's injury, Martinelli also missed time. Um, then there's others who I don't think are on their level. Like, I, I look at this game today and I saw, all right, he started Georgie in midfield. Yeah. Didn't necessarily have a great game. Maybe he did it. He wanted an extra passer, I assume, away from home, London Derby. Um, but if it's not Georgie, it's Havertz, who obviously has had issues too. Havertz coming on coming on later. Yeah. That hasn't popped yet. Um, Zinchenko, I thought, had a really poor first half, came yeah. off at yeah, halftime. Yeah, I was on the yellow as well. Um, so what I'm wondering, so then I asked myself, okay, so Arsenal can get better when everybody's yeah, fit, clicking and fine. But then I look at this and I really wonder, are they going to get better or is he so fixated on, on certain things? I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Zinchenko, who is an attacking midfielder playing left back, are very comfortable moving into midfield when they're on the ball doing that whole thing with a fullback, right? He goes off at halftime, bring on Tomoyasu, and you ask Tomoyasu to do the same thing. Tomoyasu is a center back who can play full back, mostly right back. Yeah. Now he's playing left back, and you're asking him to play in the middle. He's not Beckenbauer. I, I don't think Tomoyasu's no. ever been asked. You, to, you don't have to be Beckenbauer to play in that position. Sometimes it's to have another body there, especially when you lose the ball. And for that, he could be good there. You don't always have your full back coming inside 
to be the creative touch like Zinchenko is. You, you can have a different profile of a fullback coming inside as well. Right. Stones is not Beckenbauer either. He's yeah, probably Stones better technically than a much better pass still, than but still, but still, it's still not. It's still not Beckenbauer. I know. I, I, I think this is putting. This is not putting somebody into in, in their best condition because you know what you can say. Oh, he doesn't have to be Beckenbauer. He just has to be there. You counter press when you lose the ball. You have an extra body, an extra filter. This is fine, but at what expense? You know, you, you want to put players in the position where they can, I, I think, where, where they can affect the game the most rather than having your system. And to me, this felt yeah, a little bit maybe. like putting the system, putting the system first. But then the second half is the better half from Arsenal with Tomiyasu there. No, Zinchenko. Yeah, I don't think because of Tomiyasu. Mean, Tomiyasu no. well, but, it's also because Zinchenko was really bad in the first, yeah, true, the first half. True. The other thing I don't get is we've seen... I think Georgie started with the last two games. Yeah, City. So yeah, it was the same midfield against City. So obviously when Jorginho's in midfield, it's a very different vibe set up and everything than when Havertz or Fabio Vieira are there. Yeah, because Rice doesn't play the same position. So then you're asking Rice to... But Rice also doesn't do what Havertz does. I mean, he's further up. It is more of a... He's closer to the line where Udegaard is, but it's still changes everything, right? You don't have the physical presence in front of the back four because if Rice moves up and whatever... And so I'm thinking, like, okay, so now again, you you'll change your system there a little bit, and you're certainly changing personnel that's affecting you. But then you won't do it in other situations. I, I don't, I don't, I don't follow this. I think Party's injury. I think ideally he would play Party in a game like this and Rice in midfield with other guards uh, and no and no Jorginho. And or the guy, he spent eighty million on the best on earth. Yeah, but. Again, you can understand what yeah. this is, and th- that was that would have been a special game, I think, for Harvest to start away at Stamford Bridge, you know, in this condition. But maybe he should have started him. I don't know, and I don't know if Harvest is going to work as a number eight or not. I just, I, I just think that they will improve collectively and individually as well. There's, there's players who are haven't hit the height yet, like a Martinelli, for example, or your, your best friend Gabriel Jesus, who you love so dearly. You know, their best form compared to at times the form that they had last season where Arsenal were better. But if you look at the same fixtures last season and it's and it's pointless. I, I know I'm contradicting myself. It's pointless. <laughs> but if still if you still do it, I think they have as many points against those nine teams than they did last season, albeit they they they, they, they haven't lost this year compared to last year where they where they had lost. So it's not it's not bad. I still think it's a decent slash good start of the season from them but but they will have to improve if they want to win the league because and, they might not be enough if they keep playing like this here's my thing is I wonder what that pass to improvement is so because but individually I, and collectively yeah I, I, I get what you're saying but I think some first of all some players I think have an obvious ceiling the more I see Eddie and Ketia the more I think this man has a ceiling Right? Yeah, but look, he came and on for 20 minutes and he really, he really, he shook that defense. He could have scored a great goal. It, he ran in behind like that. And the more I see Gabriel Jesus, again, I... <laughs> you never really liked him. No, no, no. I like what he does, but it seems to me, I wonder if to some degree, we, 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 we've gone peak meta and, and the center has just collapsed because now, because of all the things Gabriel Jesus does off the ball... When he's not in possession, his movement, his runs, his pressing, blah, 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 which Pep loved so much until he decided, yeah, I love it, but I don't love it to the tune of giving you a new long-term contract. Yeah. 
This trumps the other thing, which is what do you actually do with the ball? And look, I'm not, I'm not saying Gabriel Jesus is a poor footballer. No, no, no. I'm no. just saying, I think if you look at the top 20 teams in Europe, you look at who their center forwards are and what they provide when you're in possession, I think you're going to find most of them are going to be well ahead of what Gabriel Jesus does you, gives you with the ball. And for a team that has so many passers, from, from Udegaard to, 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 to Saka, people who deliver service, I think at some point, I think it comes back to bite you. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe he should play but, wide more often. I, I don't know. Maybe you rotate him, Martinelli, and Saka. Well, Saka, I think, should probably always play. I, maybe you, you, you rework it and you do a front two something. But maybe, yeah. I, I, I just think the scoring load, and I know Odegaard scores a lot, and Havertz potentially can... Well, yeah, no, and Trossard and Saka and Martinelli. And maybe that's what Arteta wants in terms of balance. Instead of a 130 goal a season striker who doesn't move out of the box. I, 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 I just think there is a rigidity which... And look, rigidity and belief in your ideas, right, are two sides of the same coin, right? You, you know, it goes back to the old Pep, well, you know, plan B is to do plan A better, right? I just wonder if, you know, there's a window of opportunity that Arsenal have, I think, now, because it's, it's a young team and so on, to go and keep growing and, and really challenge City. Yeah. And I think it's still open. I think they can challenge City this year. And, and Spurs and Liverpool, yeah, let's get yeah, credit, because yeah. they're all right yeah. there. I'm just wondering if maybe you don't become, you shouldn't become a little bit more pragmatic in your approach at this stage. Maybe. Um, but, but I thought his subs were spot on again. I think only Newcastle and Brighton this season, um, their subs have had more involvement in goals in the Premier League, which shows that coming off the bench, which is something that Arsenal didn't really have last season, certainly not as much. And remember last season we kept saying he plays the same 11, it's always the same 11. The same players are half. Yeah, they have more depth. Yes. And, and I think that's good. And you were not too keen on Pochettino subs in this game. I don't understand why Nico Jackson comes on. And for me, that's a turning point in the game because that box that you rightly described before was gone. And suddenly you had a focal point and it was much easier for Arsenal to defend against and to actually go and press because you kind of knew what Chelsea were going to do. I think the thinking... Reese James made no sense whatsoever. We'll get to Reese James in a minute. But yeah. The, I think the Nico Jackson thing was a case of, okay, Arsenal are chasing the game. Let's let's have an outlet. Because let's face it, you know, Cole Palmer did well, but, you know, this, this was a central midfielder. There's two central midfielders, him and Gallagher, next to each other, disrupting things, right? Yeah. At that point in the game, you wanted to have the outlet. You wanted to have you wanted to have the pace, right? Yeah. It's a web pitch. Your your your, your pacey players are Sterling, who obviously you know you wanted to take off at some point because he's getting getting more tired, and Modric, <laughs> who is a roll of the dice, and so he sends on Madueke, yeah, to give you that directness, and Jackson. Much that- later, Madueke than Jackson. Sorry. Madwicky much later than Jackson. Right. But but I'm saying that was the and again, you could argue whether he should have come on before. But but I think th- this was the idea. This is what he was trying to do. And Jackson had that chance one yeah, on yeah, one. Okay, he had, but... And look, at least Jackson didn't get booked this game. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so in your in your match between his goals and yellow cards, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's leveling up. Um that was a terrible touch. You know, you look at both ways. There was a terrible touch, which which Raya got to, right? Mm. Um, or as my friend put it, he passed the ball to Raya. Um, yeah. Equally, though, he got himself in that position. 
Yeah. Right. So I if he know. scores a goal, then we're saying, oh, Poch, oh, how, how smart, you know, was Jackson's directness at that stage. I, I still don't know. I still don't know where you go this season with Jackson as your main center forward. You don't. In January, yeah. they're going to sign. A couple him. years down the road. Yeah. And 100%. so so the great Armando experiment is over as well? You're going to think No, I don't there? know. I just don't know if he's <laughs> good enough really to take this team back to the top. But again, same with Nkunku. Where is it going to Nkunku play? Well, you can't play Cole Palmer, Gallagher, and Nkunku. I know you can. And Sterling and Nkunku all together? Well, no, I think I think one out of Palmer or Gallagher misses out. Yeah. Nkunku goes back. I think that's pretty obvious. Where do you stand on the penalty? The, I'll tell you what I liked. That a big star like Sterling wants to take the pen, I can understand... Usually, players like him would take penalties in a team. I think players like, like that would always try to get the penalty, right? Even if Cole Palmer is the penalty taker, he scored the game before in the Premier League on the penalty. What I loved the most about this whole little scene was that Enzo Fernandez, who hasn't even been in this country for a year, at Chelsea for a year, whose English probably you would think is okay-ish just about, he's the one, and he's only 22 years old, Step in and say, no, no, no. Just, and said to Sterling, hey, give him the ball, it's his. And then Sterling, Sterling, even Sterling looks at him saying like, what? Did you, did you really say what I think you said? And Enzo goes again, yeah, yeah, it's his ball. It's his pen. And I love that. And I love Enzo. I've always, I've always done. He's a leader in that team and they need him, especially when, like you said before, he played in, his, in the right position. But I just love that, you know? You'd almost think that Enzo and the manager come from the same country and the manager gave very clear rules and, you know, Raheem Sterling yeah, maybe still, wanted to test easy. that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But, by the way, the, if it had turned into a dispute, I would assume Thiago Silva comes up from the back and says, guys, yeah, you know who I am? I know, My name is Thiago Silva. Enzo you did. behave. Enzo did. No, no, I like? know. But you had Thiago in reserve to sort that out. Yeah, yeah and, and, and did. And I, I thought Palmer did. I, I think Palmer... I, like I felt I, I don't I mean sorry I don't I no, no. don't dislike him but I, like I think him. it's a massive transition going from a team where you're surrounded by all these yeah, players who yeah, are far better sure, than you sure. players where you can give a bad pass and they're going to be able to control it players who are going to anticipate the movements all the time and coming into this game in those conditions with these players around him who are still very much trying to find themselves. Yeah, and we will know because this was the first game of, of, of a horrendous fixture list now for Chelsea where they would play City and Spurs and maybe United and Brighton or I don't know. Brentford. Brighton or Brentford. No, I mean, I think it's, yeah, Newcastle. Uh, it's it's uh, like the five games coming up are huge. I want to... The other thing on the substitutions, um, and again, when you're there, you, you kind of view the game a little differently, but because Reese James is fit again. There was some talk that he'd be ready to start against Arsenal. I understand why he didn't start. You don't want to make it your first start. But at some point, he sends Reese James on. Yeah, 84th minute. 84th minute. And he sends Reese James on for one of the midfielders, right? And I assumed, aha, he's going to go to, to a back three. Reese James has played it before. Maybe it makes sense. Less up and down. Your first game back. Milo Busto is going to stay where he is wide. Instead, I don't know what you would call the position he played. He sort of played like right-sided midfield yeah, of some kind like that, yeah. where he was hardly involved. I think he had two touches, maybe three three yeah, touches. Four, four passes, I think he made in total. He left Malagusto defending the far post 
which guess what? I, I don't know what happened with this guy or, you know, if he, if he had something in his eye, but he completely loses. Trossard. Loses Trossard. Trossard, I know, has got that little uh, invisibility superpower sometimes. But, but that's what Malagusto does, you know. Defensively, sometimes it's shaky. You can't concede a goal like that at the far post. You, you no, definitely cannot. not. Definitely not. And not that time in the game, certainly. I, mean, I, I can deal with people making mistakes because they're being positive and attacking. I can't deal with people making mistakes. That's or a basic defense, like it's a basic defender scale to see that and to defend that. I, you should know where your center backs are, and you should know where Reese James is, right? Yeah, and Trossard. And you should know above all where we're Trossard. I know there, 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 there's there's a lot of talking points. I think there's a long way for both these teams to go. Arsenal yeah. starting at a higher level, a much higher level, of course, obviously than Chelsea right now. It's a longer rebuild, whatever. Um. But I'll be curious to know what Poch does next. Is he going to become enamored of this strikerless system? Um, the other thing... Oh, sorry, on the Mudrik one, you're 100% certain he didn't mean it. Oh, come on. Okay. All right. so I, this I is don't it. even think there's a debate. What is the debate? You can see where he looks. You can see his body. You can just see everything. But good for him. He went in. He went in. You take all those goals. Pochettino you know. says he practices this yeah, in all yeah, the time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Lavin Camara has <laughs> got a 58-meter lob against Monaco. He said he practices it all the time too. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough Chelsea. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Wild stuff at the Sanchez yeah. Pizjuan jewels. It finishes 1-1 between Sevilla and Real Madrid. There is so much acrimony to talk about, surpassing even the football, which I find a little yeah. sad. Yeah, so I didn't see the, uh, the Real Madrid TV pre-match video on the referee, so I'll let you, I'll let you deal with that. I, I, I'll deal with this straight away because this is important, right? So there's referee, and there's a bunch of refereeing incidents in this game that yeah, we're going to talk about. So the referee, the Burgos Bengochea, right? Before the thing, Real Madrid released a video where they point out all of the mistakes that he has made and his decisions <laughs> that have hurt Real Madrid before the game. Yeah. That's They're not on. During the game, two, Real Madrid scored two goals early and obviously both are disallowed. But they, I think... Oh, your again, take, were they correct decisions? I thought, I, well, I thought, I thought they were. Yeah, I, the, so the Valverde one supposedly, right? So were, were is because... All right, so that, that's VAR. That yeah, that's right. Yeah, but the 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 Real Madrid TV is circulating now like a picture that one of the fans took from the stands, like it's like a still photo. Wait, which supposedly he's on side. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't look at a picture no, from. I know. Other than the fact that like pictures and perspectives can be 
you know, inevitably there's a parallax effect yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, what are you doing? I know, man. But, but I don't know. Again, we were not in the stage and we were just watching on television, but it felt even before that it was like, it was so tense and there was something in the air. Obviously, with Sergio Ramos playing again. Against Diego Alonso making his debut for Sevilla Diego Alonso as, well, as a new manager. Sergio Ramos against his former team for the first time since in he left. 18 years. Yeah. Uh, and so it was... It was amazing, to be fair. The Ramos, Rudy girl, like I'm grabbing you cheek stuff. Bellingham as well looked quite pumped by the whole app, yeah. the whole thing. And then when when Sevilla scored, when Alaba scored the own goal, you thought, okay, 74th or fifth minute, this is it. And for Carvajal to score uh, a header as well, you were like, okay, right. There was no Jude Bellingham magic. There were chances for both sides. I think a draw is maybe a fair result ish. Yeah, I would say I would say there was a foul the the Navas on Vinicius. Yeah, true, I thought true. that should have been a penalty. Yeah, yeah, that could have been given. I I don't know. I I thought like De Burgos Benoche had a bad game, um, or or, or, or had, had a tricky he had a tricky game. I mean, I thought he made some wrong decisions, but the way I see it is that then the Bellingham thing was was very weird where the goal got disallowed yeah. and 15 seconds passed. He says he whistled, but the play, nobody heard him. Yeah. It was so loud. There's got to be a better way to deal with this, right? But And I'm all for criticizing referees after the game if you do it in a civil way, whatever, or even a non-civil way if you want to be uncivil. But to do this before the that game, weird, yeah. to plant, that, that that's that's... That's Bush League. I, there's somebody in Real Madrid, and I, it's not Florentino Perez because he's more big picture. I know for a fact it's not Carlo Ancelotti. There's somebody there who thinks like, aha, this is how we're going to win the title, by getting into referees' heads ahead of time. You can't do that. No. Dude, if I come out, if, if I go and post on Twitter and I say, gee, I hope Jules doesn't come to my house and then break into my safe and steal all my jewelry tonight, what what message does it send? It says a message you're untrustworthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it completely. makes you... Un- this is really not helpful. I mean, I don't know who's refereeing the Clásico this weekend coming. I doubt it's going to be the, the yeah. Bengals Bengals. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't fancy that for sure. And speaking of Vinicius, Gab, he was racially abused again for the nineteenth time. But at least this time, nobody tried to pretend that it didn't happen. Yeah, look, I, I think this is the way you have to deal with it if yeah. it happens, and unfortunately, it, it does happen. Hopefully, it'll stop. But you can. Uh, there were several Sevilla fans, two or three, who making very obvious monkey gestures. One of them yeah. you can actually see on camera. And one And um, Sevilla immediately took ownership, said this is unacceptable, found him, ejected him, uh, filed a complaint with yeah, the police against the police him. Yeah. yeah, I don't. this is what, what has to happen. And um, I felt for Vina Sadi had a penalty. And by the way, shout out to Orion Nyland. You must be the yeah. absolute wussiest Norwegian in the world. Did you see the way he went down? Did you see that? I know. But Come like- on, man. Seriously, grow some. <laughs> Liverpool win the Merseyside Derby 2-0, but Jules, I kind of feel once again, it's about the referee's decision. It's time yeah. for Greg Paulson. Yeah, Greg Paulson, you're a bad referee. I think we told you before, but we, we were going to repeat it again. So Konate should have had... Let's, let's go with the ones that he didn't give. Uh, first of all, that nobody gave. And I think Konate, as much as he's my boy and I love him dearly, that was the second yellow. He should have been sent off. And it was nil-nil at the time. Yeah, Ashley Young... Deserve red card, I think. I mean, so he got that one right. He got that no one right. About, by the way, thirty-eight years old. I expect better judgment from Ashley Young. Com- com- yeah. Completely, you know. And if you're Luis Diaz, you're very clever because you know exactly what Ashley Young is going to do once you've dribbled kind of past him, and you you won that fall and you yeah. won that red card more than any, more than Ashley Young committing it really. But the penalty, how can none of the three? I mean, especially two referees 
see the handball from Michael Keane. You could I, you could literally see it from Manchester. This is why we have VAR. I'm glad it, I'm glad it was yeah, there. No, no, I don't know why yeah. it took them forever, but I'd rather took, take them forever and they get the decision right. Yeah, yeah. Especially with Liverpool these days. Sure. Inter Milan, win away to Torino, 3-0. And the top of the table as well, Gab. Inzaghi loves his substitutions. He does. I mean, Inter a little bit under pressure in the first half. Yeah, didn't uh, need a half time. Well, I hope it was. Suarez looked great until he got hurt. And then, boom, in come Denzel Dumfries, Carlos Augusto, and David Fratesi. And all of a sudden, Inter's whole demeanor changes. Yeah. Lillian, uh, Lillian. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. And you Marcus Duram queuing the uh, uh, comeback, and they go on to win to win three 0 They just have these levels that they can go to, and um, I think they deserve their top spot in the league for now. Yeah. Pep Guardiola gives Edison the day off, and Manchester City beat Brighton two one. Now, Jules, the two game losing streak is over. Early yeah. Holland breaks a month long goal drought. Yeah. All good, yeah. Well, yeah. Although it was not as comfortable towards the end, Akanji got sent off. Uh, I thought Chipley, really. It was stupid from a kind. You expect uh, And then it was a little bit shaky. Brighton played quite well, I thought, in that second half. And Sufati scored a goal. But that first half was really good from City, to be fair. Really good and from Alvarez, from Jeremy Doku, especially on that left-hand side. Yeah, against James Donner, but... Yeah, but then I don't, I don't know why the Zerbi puts Milner there. I mean, you see the team sheet. You the Zerbi explained when... it. He said, if we had more pressure on the ball... It doesn't matter. It wouldn't have mattered because Milner would have had time to get to where he needed to but be. But it doesn't matter. Even if Milner was closer to Doku, yeah. that was a mismatch completely. So, And the fact that the Zerbi changed at halftime shows that he was not just... That the yes. guy carrying the ball for City had to. Just like you know, secret this losing streak is nonsense because the yeah. Arsenal game was so even and ultimately it came down to the shape of Nathan Ake's face yeah, and the Erling Holland. Yes, it's a month not scoring for City, but he did score two for Norway. Just let's just put yeah, this yeah, place. and it's a great goal outside of the box, which he rarely scores. So well done to him. A huge win for Juventus as they beat Milan one 0 San Siro on Sunday night, and now just two points off the top. Gab, I think it's fair to say that Malik Chow's red cards influence the outcome of the game. Yeah, I'd say just a little bit. Just and a it little. was a correct decision. Milan are aggressive. They commit people forward. When you do that, you leave people, you you risk leaving your center backs one-on-one. Yeah. Child one-on-one. Aye, that's with, a rugby tackle. You got the wrong sport. Ken. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I don't know if he mistook Moise Ken for Erling Holland because of the <laughs> striking physical similarities, but it was obvious that Ken was going to go down and it was obvious he was going to be sent off. Yeah. Um, I thought Milan did all right until uh, until that point. I, I thought they were they were on top with ten men, and especially ten men when you don't have Theo Hernandez. Yeah, yeah um, suspended. And suspended. Magic Mike as well. Yeah, Magic Mike. I don't think would have made such an impact in this game uh, because also because Juve's only goal Definitely. was a deflected Manuel Locatelli yeah. shot. Fun fact: you probably know this already because it's the kind of weird stuff that you know. Yeah. Manuel Locatelli scored for Juve uh, to beat yeah. Milan at the San Siro in October. 22nd, 2023. He also scored for Milan to yeah. beat Juve 1-0 on October 22nd, 2023. So exactly. Weird. Spooky yes. Halloween. Spooky. Barcelona, Huffman, Puff, and eventually break down Athletic Bilbao winning 1-0. With so many injuries, Xavi has to dig deep into the cantera and extract this 17-year-old with just nine minutes of B-team football under his belt. How about that Mark Guyou, um, Jules? Amazing. I love the Guyou, run. Guyou, sorry. Guyou, yeah, I love the run. Uh, and then two touches, the control, and then to score his first ever goal for Barcelona. What a debut, really, coming off the bench. He's like a little that. iceberg, isn't he? Yeah, it was great. I mean, then he got a bit too excited, got a yellow card <laughs> for chasing the ball and, and tackling Unai Simon. What, I mean, I love the goal. 
I love even more maybe the assist from Joe Felix, the the, the first touch, the, the way he turns, and then the through ball for for the run of Mark um, Guyu. So in the end, it's a, it's a good win for they need that win Barca, especially before the Clasico, especially to go back close to Real Madrid, Girona, and etc. But it was hard. An Athletic Club de Bilbao are a really strong team. They're aggressive. They're tough to play against. They had chances the, too. They also had chances, but I also want to say Unai Simon, I think, would have been man of the match in this. Yeah, game. that fair means safe. With all those guys players. out of commission, I think Barcelona deserved this. Yeah, 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 definitely. Hurricane scores again, and Bayern Munich beat minus three-one away. Gap. Tuchel is still unbeaten, but also still third in the table. Yeah, and it's not great, but you know, nah, you, you learn, you know, they score early, they wrap it. Uh, Mainz hasn't, you know, the, you know, Mainz hasn't actually won since like last March or something. Um, and you know, they beat last March was actually Thomas Tuchel and Bayern. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? I want to give a shout out, especially shout out to Sven Ulreich. He made an unbelievable oh, uh, save. save off of Lee. Go and check it out. The reason I say this is. Let's celebrate backup goalkeepers. Always thought they were weird. You was, like that today? I, I think Zanol Wright grew up with like a poster of Raymond van der Howe on his wall saying like, this is what I aim to be, a backup goalkeeper at a super <laughs> oh, club. Oh, Diogo Dalot's late, late goal gives an injury-riddled Manchester United 2-1 win at Sheffield United, who I just realized only have one point all season. Jules, yeah. Eric Ten Hag says, quote, they found a way to win. Well, yeah, I mean, they didn't play well at all. That was bad. It was a great goal by Dalot. I think a goal that... Sir Bobby would have been really proud of. Yeah, I think Wes Fodderingham could have done better. Yeah, he could have done better still. Still, the way, the, the position that he's in to start with, his first touch on the half turn and then, or like a, the three-quarter and then hitting it towards the top corner like that. They needed that badly. They still can't really score. I mean, Scott McTominay's goal, the first one, is a terrible goal. He's the top goal scorer in the league now, three goals. Yeah. This is embarrassing from Manchester United's point of view after nine games. Rashford, Martial, Hoyland, who had chances again of scoring... It's worrying, especially because who did they play again next weekend? Oh, yeah, Manchester City. Manchester City, who lost to Wolves, of course, but um, and who Manchester United deservedly beat, and there was no controversy whatsoever. Hey. I, I will say this about Ten Hag, and maybe I'm, I'm maybe becoming too kind in my old age, right? Look at that back four. So basically, relative to the team that was supposed to be their starting eleven this season, they had six guys out, including their entire back line, including the two guys who were supposed to be in central midfield, Casemiro and Mason Mount. They were atrocious in the first half. At the end, they created a ton of chances. Hoyland could have missed out a hat trick of chances. Amrabat hit the woodwork. Bruno, I think, hit the woodwork. Okay. They they, 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 they still have drive and purpose, at least that. They're playing with a 20-year-old center forward. They're playing with with, with a winger who's investigated for for, for, for battery, uh, assault and battery against women in two different continents. There's a lot going on. Yeah, no, of course, there is. All right. Yeah, 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 you too, kind of. By Leverkusen, stays top of the Bundesliga, Gabi beating Wolfsburg 2-1 on the road. Chabi Alonso show continues. It does. This was uh, this was less impressive, less dominant. But then again, this is Wolfsburg away. Wolfsburg are, are a mid-table side. Yeah. Um, I think they, they it was definitely grittier. I'm wondering. Patrick Schick is coming back, and I wonder if he's fit. Okay, I'm not saying Bonnie sits. Yeah, but does he find a place in Chabi Alonso? Why you play Verts and and Patrick Schick behind Boniface? I don't know. The man scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man scored twenty-four goals in the Bundesliga eighteen months ago. Let's yeah, not forget, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Paris Saint-Germain beat Strasbourg three 0 and stayed two points off the top. Jules, we saw that four-two-four. Yeah. You enjoy so much. Yeah, we saw Barcola. We saw Kylian, Gonzalo Ramos. Uh, I mean, Carlos Soler plays the sound of a right, right back, right wing back. A bit weird yeah. stuff. 
This is prime Lucho. Strasbourg had never won ever in their history in Paris. I think 37 games in a row now, which is the worst series uh, by far in the French top flight. So they were not going to win on Saturday. But it was good. It was good. And Kylian scored again after four games for PSG without scoring. So that was positive. Yeah, with a penalty. Yeah, it doesn't. They all count. They all count. Newcastle destroyed Crystal Palace 4-0. Alessandro Tonali comes on as a sub and gets an ovation from St. James's Park. Gab, were you surprised to see him? I mean, we saw Zaniolo starting for Aston Villa too. And what's next? Yeah, very different situations, of course, Zaniolo and, uh, and, and, and Tonali. I was kind of surprised. I, like, I mean, I think you can come out and you can get the support of the crowd. Um, I don't know what you got. I mean, he came off the bench towards the end when the game was over. I, I, again, I don't know Eddie Howe and Tonali in their relationship well enough to understand it. The reality is, you know he's going to get He's going to get back. Yeah. Um, this week they're going to discuss the they're going to discuss the plea bargain. Uh, I think it's going to come in between twelve and eighteen months. Um, but it is certainly made a lot worse by the fact that he bet on both Milan and Brescia, um, and they're really going to go scrutinize every inch of his life. So I hope that when he gave his deposition last week, he gave the whole truth and nothing but the truth. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Your boy Antoine Griezmann backs Woo! a hat trick, albeit one of the most fugazi hat tricks in history. Why are you dissing him? <laughs> because then you're going to say, oh, yeah, but they play against 10 men, which is true for a long time, which uh, is true. Atletico Madrid be Rafa Benitez yes. and Celta Vigo 3 0. Yes. Yes. It's a lot easier when you play against them more than an hour. I know, but he scored a hat trick again. Yeah, one it's was a penalty, se- one was the goalkeeper. One is a Mudrick goal. He meant it 100% right <laughs> foot up. Here we go. You know, actually, Chuck, on the Griezmann one, I would believe that he bent it, actually, because he's Antoine Griezmann. But, but you know for a fact yeah, he didn't. Okay. He's seven goals away from... The, from breaking the Aragonese's record of the most goals scored for Atletico Madrid in their history, which I think means a lot to him. Luis Aragonese, of course, was a midfielder. But it doesn't matter. It's him who holds the record. <laughs> okay. like, there's nothing that Griezmann can do about that. It could have been Suarez if he'd stayed. It could have been Falcao. Uh, Suarez. It could have been Falcao if he'd stayed. Diego it could Costa. have been Diego Costa if he stayed. That's who I meant. But no, it would, it would be Griezmann. And I think that would be a very important day for him. You know what? It could have been Suarez if he stayed and played on until he was 60. <laughs> um, yeah, by the way, Rafa Benitez now, people are saying he's going to get the sack or whatever. I, 
I do feel for Rafa. Rafa can never won a game at home. They've won one all season that was away. Never won at home. But you know those games where Celta, even with 10 men, fight and create chances. All Black has to make some changes. They showed a lot of spirit in this game. And they, they did not look like... No, I okay, know. You, know, you know the whole thing about playing for the manager? No, I know. They look like a team that... Didn't want to let okay. the manager. They tweeted, up, want to say about they tweeted up against Barca away. He takes Thiago Aspasov, which was yeah, cheap. It's you just what I mean. I'm like, not suggesting, suggesting Rafa's always right. I'm just no, saying. I know, Santa I know. looked like a team that really wanted to get back into. Yeah, for, they, for a long time, where they are. it looked like they could. Yeah, sure, sure. I agree. Some relief for my boy Rudy Garcia. Gab, Chris Alvarez, Kelly scored two goals, and despite the injury to Victor Ozyman, Napoli win three one away at Verona. Yo, this was all set up for Napoli to lose. And yeah, Garcia. yeah, yeah. So just imagine Rudy Garcia's international break, right? Yes. Which begins with. Yes. Remind us the week before. Yeah. Okay, so. The, the break starts with everybody reporting that, oh, uh, Aurelio de la Rentis, his boss, is meeting with Antonio Conte. Rudy Garcia's gone. He's falling out with too many players. Nobody likes him. He's a weirdo, blah, 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 right? Yeah. And he's like, touch that bullet. I'm still yeah. here. And then Somehow. Victor Seaman gets injured. He's going to be out four to six yeah. weeks. I think it's a muscular injury. And then he goes and he has to play Verona away. Verona, where they really don't like Napoli and Neapolitans in general. Um, and all of a sudden... He's like, uh-oh, is this where it all ends? But no. Kvitschek Fratskelia uh, shows up, scores the two goals. Raspadori was exceptional through yeah, the middle. Your boy Jens Kajust or Kajuste yeah, or whatever. Because, By the way, that guy, he's part Swedish, partly from Goa, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know his backstory, but it's pretty remarkable. He was yeah, one of the like really young, promising kind of prodigy. And then he went to Haas and he had some good moments, but also some really average well, ones. Anyway, he has his best game in an Napoli shirt. Yeah. It's a small sample size. Um, and it all works. And I look forward and I say, you know what? You can get by without Victor for a while. If Gratzkelia does like this, you got Aspadori, you got Simeone. Still some things to work out at the back, but because surely Nathan isn't can get better than he has been. Yeah. But, you know, rolling along a little bit. I know. Time to show love to Girona, Jules, because I won't. Um, <clears throat> they come back from two goals down against Almeria to win 5-2 and somehow are still joint top of the league. Yeah. It's great. They score goals for fun. They're very attacking. They love movement. They score some lovely goals. Dovbeck was with, with two. Savio, I mean, Savio is a great player. Again, he should never really be there without the City group. He wouldn't you know what? They, 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 this, is the off, this is such an off-brand team, right? So you have the yeah, fake you've Mitchell. Got, you've got the fake Savio, right? You've got the so fake true. Blind, right? A lot of people in France thought, that was, is that the Mitchell that was so bad for Marseille? No, it's not. It's not. It's a better Mitchell. The thing is, the, the fake Blind as well. I, I'm sure there's... Yeah, a I mean, yeah, Daily Blind. You see who we uh, often mocked in the past. And the real Blind is his dad, father, yeah, of Danny, of Much course. Much better. Uh, but yeah, I, lo- I just love the story. It won't last, let's be honest. But for now, it's good. Yeah, Manchester City love it you, too. You, you're just not romantic, that's what. <laughs> this was back on Friday, Gabi, but Borussia Dortmund beat Werder Bremen 1-0 thanks to a very nice Julian Brandt goal and what a pass by Emre Chan, by the way. And Eddie Tengis even got a solid half hour from Giovanni Reina. They leveled with Bayern as well. Yeah, normally place. if you're level with Bayern, you're like, oh, look, you're top of the table. Like, no, they're no, third, they're third place, like Bayern. Um... I thought this, they were much better. I thought this was one-way traffic. This was actually assured, accomplished. They've strung a couple of these together. Yeah. It's almost like a back three when you think about it because Emery Sean is so deep in midfield. It seems to work in the cover. And, you know, Gio Reyna, 
Before he scored those two goals for the for the U.S. over the break, I think he had played like nine minutes or seven minutes, something like that, for Borussia Dortmund. He needs time on the pitch. If yeah. he can, if he, I'll be able to this right. I don't want to say it's not Borussia Dortmund's job to get Gio Reyna productive for the U.S. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. but if Gio Reyna is getting on the pitch and being productive because they have so much competition in those kind of attacking midfield positions, that means that he's performing and he's earning his place in the side. And if that happens, that's good news for the U.S. And I think it's good news yeah, for Borussia Dortmund because as we always said about Reyna, he has a very high ceiling. Yeah. Monaco stay top in Ligue 1. Uh, Jules as they beat Mets, but Wissam Ben Yedder is now under house arrest. Presumably his brother too, no? Yeah, his brother. I mean, they're not in the same house because they can't be in touch with each other. They can't contact either the two girls who are accusing them of rape. That was back in July. We mentioned it in shows before. Uh, but the investigation, I mean, the two brothers, the two Ben Yedder brothers deny all the all the accusations and saying that it was consen- consensual. Consensual. Yeah, that's what you say in English. The girls obviously saying that it was not, they didn't want to do anything. So the investigation and the, the kind of court case continues, really. Uh, this is not good news for him. He has to stay at the training ground, basically. Um, well, this is what I was wondering about this. Two questions here. First of all, is this preemptive house arrest because he's deemed to be a flight risk? So why? Yeah, I think so. Would they think he's going to escape? Yeah, you also need to, I think, go to uh, the police station. And check in. You check in every day or every two days, something yeah. like that. So, so to be clear, house arrest doesn't mean that he can leave his house because he can obviously no. play games and stuff like that. He does not live in the Stade Louis II, by the way. Um, no, in, but he's at the, he sleeps at the training run every night. That's what he has to do. Wow. Yeah. Um, no, do, is, there, is there any kind of timetable on this? No, not really. Um, I, I, I don't think there's a date yet for any like court appearances from him or from his brother. Um, but this was the latest development, and and to be, it doesn't seem that that had an impact on Sonny or not on Monaco's form, because they played really well against Mess on that the weekend. Mess who scored that great goal we mentioned it earlier, the Lamine Camara 58 meter lob. Um, but Monaco and Adi Hutter with seven forwards at some point on the pitch in that second half just love attacking and love scoring goals. So going back to Ben Yedder, and like I, I'm not a lawyer, and you know my views on this. I don't understand. I still don't. I don't understand the house. I understand putting somebody in prison if you think they're a flight risk or if you think they might engage in witness tampering. This is why you would normally do it. Yeah. But in this case, it's first of all, it's not like it's house arrest where he can't leave the house, right? Um, he can leave to go to work yeah, to check yeah. into the police or whatever he, secondly he's a famous footballer um, if he's going to tamper with witnesses people can still come see him I mean, he's, he can do it anyway yeah, that's what I'm saying and in terms of flight risk he's, he's, he's pretty famous what's he going to do like go and you know go and escape to North Korea or something know. like I what I don't know. It's such an odd yeah, story. It is. It is a weird story. Gab, let's check in on the Roma and Jose Mourinho. Stefan Elsharoui delivers the injury time winner against Monza away at the weekend. And the special one celebrates by getting sent off, of course, for the fourth time since the start of last season. Okay. So I'm going to slide. It's a bit of like shushing and like, you know. Yeah. Like so basically what he did was after they scored. No, it's, it's not just it's not. The shushing is he turned to 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 the Monza bench, and he he like did the gesture where he brings his hands to his eyes. Oh yeah, crying more, baby, as well. cry yeah, more, yeah. right? 
I, I mean, we've gone full WWE now at, at, at this stage with, with Jose Mourinho <laughs> because the Monte coach, Raffaele Palladino, he really does not like him. They really don't like each other, right? And they've had this back and forth um, between the two of them. And he said pre-game that they don't like each other. Um, and then afterwards, he said like, oh yeah, I got sent off because I said some, you know, I, I, I didn't like the way they behaved towards me and I let them know. And so I mocked them. I'm like, all right, fine. Um, I, if you're honest about it, that's fine. But he also came out and he said, oh, look, we didn't deserve to win. Monza played better than we did. So, you know, you go figure that out. Not that Jose yeah, you'd yeah. expect. Upshot now yeah. is he's going to be banned for the next game, which is against his old club exactly. Inter, where he I won the wonder trip. if he was on purpose, to be fair, not to go there. Four red cards in Serie A alone since the start That's of the crazy. 2022-23 season. I mean, I this is what, like, they must have played 50 games, right? Excluding the games where he was suspended. Yeah, which was which like, is probably like eight, 10 games. Eight or yeah. 10, yeah, even. This is what? This is like one red card in five? And this doesn't even include the shenanigans in the Europa League, yeah, which yeah, of course yeah, got yeah, suspended. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. I, people love it. I, I feel like I'm watching a soap opera, but people love it, and Roma wins. So yeah. who are we to argue? <laughs> the goal machine that is Serhu Girassi does it again as Stuttgart win 3-0 away to Union Berlin. Jules, he's up to 14 goals in eight games. He's now going to be out with a hamstring injury for up to a month. Yeah, that's sad because he scored the first goal and then got injured in what looked like a like really just random incident. Uh, and he's bad, although Silas... Um, who obviously played for Paris FC in Paris, scored a great goal after, and I suspect would play up front. Instead of him, when you're such in great form and you're on, on, on course to beat a lot of records, not that he would have continued at that, at that pace, of course, but still, to be out for maybe four to six weeks, it's, it's, it's sad. So you, you're one of those people who believes that momentum and is a thing in sports, the hot hand. Yeah. Okay. No, it's interesting. There's a lot of analytics. I don't know where I stand. But ju- I just want him to keep playing. No, yeah, so not stopping. Even if it's he cool had a thing to got second in the team. Yeah. How about Aston Villa, Gab? 11 consecutive wins at home, including Sunday's 4-1 demolition of West Ham. And Unai Emery is two points off the top of the table. Since he took over a year ago, I think today, maybe, or yesterday, it was to the day. Only Liverpool, well, I think, no, maybe not Liverpool now with the win yesterday. Only Arsenal and City have taken more points, more points than Unai. I, I'm sure you're loving it. LME is loving it too. By the way, it's two points off the top of the table now. It could be five points off the top of the table after Spurs True. play tonight. True. Um, I thought works, they, look, yeah. they looked really, really good. They looked really, really good. Ollie Watkins, uh, his movement up front, the understanding with Diaby, really, really solid. Um, I thought my, my man Zaniano starting. Yeah. I thought he did his part too. By the way, I want to get your take on this in a digression. I was watching this game on, on, on the television. Jamie Carragher, who I really like, um, at one he laid point, into Zaniolo. He laid into Zaniolo because he collided with with Aguirre and he went down holding his head. Now it did look to me like Aguirre elbow caught him, whether it was a foul or not. And so the referee to stop the game, he's lying on the ground. He goes to the side of the pitch and so on. And Carragher said, "Well, the referee shouldn't stop the game because you know you can't, you should if it's a serious head injury, but." You know, something like that, I can tell straight away it's not real and Zagnolo's conning the referee or whatever. Um, it seems weird to me to be conning the referee at that stage of the yeah, game. Wait them well, whatever it is, right? But me and myself, I don't want a referee who's busy officiating the game being the one to adjudicate 
if somebody has suffered a head injury and maybe a concussion from 30 yards away, I went to the guy yeah, off the I pitch. what you mean. Uh, right? I, I watched it on, on French television anyway, so I was not, I don't know, I didn't know what character, but I saw later on that he was not happy and thought that was soft and, and like kind of playmaking from Zaniolo. I don't know. I, I, I mean, like, I think to some point we have to have like a level of trust on the pitch between the yeah, players, right? Surely. Players have always time wasted, have always broken. Yeah, and referees whatever, know that. Right? Referees know that. But if somebody gets hit in the head or you think they got hit in the head, I, you have to sure, allow them yeah. to get treatment. Right? It's not like I, you as a referee, you can't be the yeah, one to decide definitely. that. No, definitely. Uh, nice win the Mediterranean Derby, or as a, I like to call it, the Italian yeah. manager derby. As um, <clears throat> Francesco Farioli's niece beats Rino Gattuso's Marseille 1-0. He's second in the table, the yeah. child prodigy, Julian who? Yeah, I guess, again, I think, Gab, they're the only team in the five big leagues in Europe never to have been behind, never to have considered first a goal. It's incredible, really. Defensively, they're so strong. It's all because of him. Maybe, but they got a bit lucky as well because just before their goal, which came right at the end, the Evan Gesson's goal, uh, Obama Young hit the post then they lost Balerdi who was sent off for two yellow cards and rightly so so the game could have gone differently could also have been a nil-nil which I think would have been a favorite the draw would have been yeah, a Marseille played, I, I thought Marseille played well yeah, I was so, surprised yeah no because Gattuso worked them really hard in the 10 days of There's the international shock. break did he, he shout too and... he shouted a lot uh, you know like I think I told you the other day but uh, someone at Marseille told me the other day that the best is probably when in the morning everybody arrives at the training ground at La Commanderie and then Gattuso is there to welcome everybody and there's a kiss and then there's a slap on the face as you arrive at 10am or 9.30 or 9am for breakfast which is the Gattuso way really um, but yeah maybe the, the win for Nice was a little bit harsh for Marseille but they continue their great great start of the season well done to them them and Monaco currently top two in, in France I remember uh, when Gattuso was in Greece, and obviously there's a great video of him. Like he, there's a, I don't know if I can say this Greek swear word because I don't actually know what it you means. You don't okay. it, it could is. be a really bad, bad, bad word. It's the one that starts with uh, with an M and ends with an Aka. Uh, I don't know how bad it is, okay, but don't say it. Anyway, um, but obviously there's video, there's a great video on YouTube on him, like using the word left, right, and center, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just wondering, how's this? How's his French? Is he, is he, is he, does he even he's try? He's trying, I think. Yeah, he's trying. He would get that does quickly. Does it make any sense? Not yet, but he would get there. Right. I mean, Pancho Abarnado is the, you know, the guy who's, I think, helping him with the language. There's a couple more people as well, so he would get there. But you saw when, just quickly to finish on that, when Baladi was sent off, obviously he gave away the free kick that led to the goal. And I think there was maybe some, someone clearly in the Marseille staff didn't react quickly enough to go and get a sub straight away to replace Balerdi. And Gattuso went absolutely <laughs> mad, as you can imagine, on the touchline. And then he scored, obviously. Back to Monza, Gab. They received an email last week informing them that Papu Gomez has been banned for two years for doping. This is an odd story, though. And he's been ready to go to court because he says, like, he did nothing wrong. Sorry, so there's two elements to this, right? So he tested positive for something called terbutalin, which um, I've taken too, because if you take certain allergy medicines or cough syrups, um, it's yeah. in there. So, look, the rules on this are very clear. Like, you are responsible for what's in your body. If you take something accidentally, and he says it's, he took something from his son's cough syrup, 
you're yep. still responsible for it. At best, it can be a mitigating factor, right? So it's a bit like like the Pogba case, right? If you take it unwittingly, you're still responsible. You still get banned. It's just that you might get banned for for less than you would be if it's part if if they consider if the court finds that it's a you know it's part of some sort of systematic performance enhancing treatment. What's bizarro to me, and what I would really love somebody like some proper investigative journalist to go and explain this to me, he tested positive when he was playing for Sevilla in October yeah, 2022. Yeah, he then went, he played in the World Cup, yeah. he became world champion, played three yeah. games in the world, didn't have a great World Cup, but he was still, you know, he played three games, three of the seven goal. games, part of the thing, uh, played the whole season with Sevilla, was was involved in the Europa League final, he was on the bench, I think. Um, and only now, a year yeah. later, do they come out and tell him that, oh, look, by the way, you're positive? Like, so I, I don't understand. You have an A sample, you have a B sample. But and when Monza signed him, did they know that? No, was... no, they didn't even. They didn't but know. How did they, they, they not know him? that there was some sort of investigation so, or something? Sevilla canceled his his contract, um, let him go on a free. Monza signed him, but they didn't know that he had that, that he still had this case hanging That's over crazy, him. Man. And this is, I, I think, there's some sort of mystery here. And look, I'm not saying, oh, they should strip Argentina of the World Cup, take it away from Messi or whatever because of freaking Papa Gomez. But I do think that they need to really look at their yeah. processes because that it really should be difficult, that. right? Boom, positive test, A sample. Okay, you find this stuff out really, really quickly, yeah. right? Within a, within within three weeks, they should know A, a sample, B sample, and then you have yeah, a hearing, and then cast if necessary. Yeah, but there's no reason this whole thing should extend beyond six weeks or two months. Not something like this. Nah, no, seriously. Imagine if Papu Gomez had scored the winning goal in the World Cup final. Yeah. Right? He comes off the bench to make it 4-3 to Argentina against France. I'd be fuming What would you be saying now? I'd be fuming. I would say, like, strip them off. Exactly. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Despite their Italian manager, uh, Leon lose at home to Clermont, Clermont Foot. Yeah, uh, yes, again, I won't make the French body part joke at this point. Jules, they're winless and bottom of the table. I believe only Sheffield Wednesday are worse. Or sorry, Sheffield United are worse yeah. in the big five leagues. Um, do we have some advice for our pal John Texter other than yeah. inviting him onto the show <laughs> again maybe before we'll go we'll have lunch together yeah. we'll, we'll share our football wisdom so, and he can take it on board if he wants or not not all Italian managers are good right now in France certainly not Fabio Grosso yeah but this guy's a World Cup hero yeah true but that was a terrible game uh, just nothing going their way I guess at the end they could have got a point maybe they had a couple of good chances right at the end one especially but it's just not good enough as simple as that, it's not good enough. And the worst, I think, in this, and I don't want to keep slagging off John Textor, right? <laughs> but for him, he to, wasn't on the pitch. He was not on the right? pitch, but he was at the he was at the grounds. He saw that was not even football, especially in the first half. He was terrible from his own team. For him to come out and said, "We won't go down. We're too good. Our players are too good. The performance today was too good for us to go down." You haven't won a game in nine. You are bottom of the table. You haven't you you. you 
can hardly score. I think they scored three goals in nine. You're, you're, this is a terrible team. It has good players, like Lacazette, like, like Tolisso, like Cherki, like, like many others. But this is not good right now. And I think the sooner he realises that this is an emergency situation where they all have to do something, and I don't mean just go for a barbecue at Tolisso's house during the international break, because that's not going to sort out everything like they did. The sooner John Texel realises the situation, the better it will be for his club, because right now he's in a proper denial. So you don't think it's a case of showing confidence, oh, I always believed in you, blah, blah, Definitely blah. Definitely not. They need more than I, that. He yeah. seems to have serious so communication bad. issues. Yeah, this massively. Guy. If that was only the issues that he had. The Greek derby between Olympiakos and Panathinaikos had to be abandoned early this weekend in the second half after Juanca... What? Juanca? Juanca? Yeah, that's right. It's for Juanca. Juanca? That's what I said. Yeah. Are you, I don't know if you're allowed to say that in the UK, but go ahead. What does that... Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. Okay, Juan Carr, who was warming up on the sidelines, was hit by fireworks. Gab, his Panathinaikos teammates, refused to start again the game. Yeah, and, and rightly so. I mean, first and foremost, you have to be safe at a football match. If yeah. you see one of your teammates being hit by, I mean, people have been seriously injured by fireworks. I, I am not as anti-pyro as some people would like me to be. But when you're throwing them at footballers, no, that's where I, even I draw the line. The so, fire car just hit me now. I mean, yeah, sorry. That's the thing. Ajax's <laughs> <laughs> free fall continues, Jules. They let a 3 2 lead at Utrecht slip away and lose 4 3. They haven't won since opening day and are yeah. second bottom in the Eredivisie. And I'm sure Louis van Gaal has offered to help. I'm sure. Uh, oh, and Utrecht uh, bottom of, were, were bottom of the table before this game. So it's not like if you played PSV and you lose and you say, okay, they're one of the best teams. No, they, 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 they lost. Against one of the worst teams of the season of the league, they were two goals down before coming back and leading three two, and then going four three down. You know, it's incredible. That is a kick in the private parts. I mean, come on! Surely Stein has to go. There's, I mean, there's so many things wrong, and when you think that they still have to play Thursday night in the Europa League, which surely is the last thing they want right now, is on top of this whole crisis and terrible, and the fans obviously as you would expect, uh, not happy at all. They, they have to go and play in the Europa League against Brighton. It's just like, I, wow. I'd love it. I'd love it if Ajax got relegated and won the Europa League and next year played in the second happen. division you know and the Champions League. They're that would not going to awesome. win the Europa League and Brighton are going to demolish them as well. Sony, who are partners of Manchester City, have revealed that just 3% of the club's fans We'll ever set foot in the Etihad. Are you surprised? You have, to, like, you have to explain this to me. So they have a lot of fans who live outside of Manchester and the UK, right? Is that what it means? So I, I think there's a lot of things going on here. Okay. So first and foremost, yes, these are all global clubs. We know this number for Manchester City. I don't know what it is for Real Madrid. I would assume maybe it's also 3% for Real Madrid. Maybe it's 1%. Um, yeah. You know. Secondly, it goes into the the fact that all the, all these marketing commercial people they love to use statistics that sound real, but are generally often a whole bunch of bull turds. Um, because oh look, it's like remember when Manchester United says we have eight hundred and fifty seven million uh, fans around the world. I'm like you sure it's not eight five eight or eight five six five or whatever? This is all nonsense, right? Yeah, it does speak to City because obviously City are a club that they have a massive local historic fan base, not a global one. And then they started winning and spending money 
And so all these other people with perhaps no connections uh, to Manchester also started supporting the club. So no, it's one of those stupid, out of context, um, meaningless numbers. No, I'm glad you put that quickly. It's there. It's no, no, because really I, important. you know what? There's a whole bunch of people okay. who are making a living as marketing <laughs> consultants, as PR people, as people like that who serve up nothing but garbage. And you know this because I read you. I got an email from one of these people, right? Yeah, that's true, actually. You where where they describe, I don't, I don't say who it is, but they, they describe a former Premier League footballer, uh, and this is the, I won't say who it is, right? but they describe him, I think, as iconic or legendary. Yeah. And the quote is, it would be, older players would be crazy if they didn't move to Saudi Arabia for the money. Something like that. And I'm like, Really? Really, when I'm 37 at the end of my career and I get one last big fat contract where I can make more money in a year than I did until that point, I'd be crazy. This, this, these, are, these are the sparkling insights. So it's the same thing. This whole industry, I mean, these marketing, these audience research people, the people who do the ratings, all, this, all of that. Like lawyers, basically. It's all fluff. Okay. No, no. Okay. Lawyers are genuinely evil. <laughs> These people are just deluded, and stupid people are the ones who pay them for this nonsense. Okay. Let's talk legendary goal scorers, Jules. <clears throat> Christine Sinclair has announced her retirement from international football. Oh, she's yes. going to leave. Well, she's 40 years old. And she's allowed she's to retire. Right. Amazing. Now, she scored a ridiculous 190 goals in 327 games for yeah. Canada. Cristiano Ronaldo has 127 goals yes. in 203 appearances. That's right. And he says he will decide at the end of the 2024-25 season with Al Nasser if he wants to retire or continue. Okay. He has a very clear target to aim for. 63 goals. Yes. It's not going to happen. I tell you that. It's never going to beat her, her record. He will improve his, and his might never be, that might never be beaten. You put enough end. distance between him and Messi. Yeah. Really so Messi, I think, is 107 for Argentina, I think. So he's still, you know, he's quite ahead. Uh, but Messi is a bit younger, too. Let's not forget. Although... Messi will probably retire before Cristiano, don't you think? So I have a feeling. Yeah, so we will see. But I don't even want to talk about Cristiano. I would rather celebrate the career and everything that Christine Sinclair has done for women's football, for football in general. She's been an incredible ambassador, a brilliant player, of course. And all the things she won for Canada, obviously, especially at the Olympics, was wonderful. So we will miss her, that's for sure. Uh, we end on a sad note, Gabby, of course, because Manchester United legend Sir Bobby Charlton passed away age 86 on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. Um, obviously, Bobby Charlton, I think a lot of people would say that if he wasn't maybe England's greatest ever player, and you know, I don't want old timers to pull out Tom Finney and Stanley Matthews and have those endless debates, uh, I think he was undoubtedly maybe the greatest ever goal scorer. Again, maybe not in terms of sheer numbers, goals, yeah. but the importance of goals. Um, you know, he held the England the the, the, the record for England for many, many years yep. until until Wayne Rooney broke it. Um and you know, when you think about him, it ties so much into the romanticism of that era of English football. He's from the northeast of England near Newcastle. He's related to Jackie Milburn. He's yeah. sort of like this sort of Newcastle. Like, I don't even know if he was a real person or if he's just like <laughs> a legend or a myth. You know, he's kind of sheer before sheer. Um, he, he had a brother who also played football, uh, Jack Charlton, who I think had the most appearances ever for Leeds. He ended up with the That's most fun. appearances ever for Manchester United. Uh, kind of moves to United, breaks into the first team, is, is part of that tragic Munich uh, air crash, gets injured there. And then comes back and rebuilds the the the, the, the Busby Babes, 
obviously part of that uh, 1968 um, European Cup winning side, the first yeah. English team to win a European Cup, uh, where he played with with George Best and Dennis Law, three Ballon d'Ors on the pitch. Um, just just a huge figure. And if and if you go on YouTube today and you you know sometimes you watch football from the past and you can see the way he strikes the ball, oh, you see yeah. his technique. Those goals. They're, they're, they're very current today. I mean, it looks like it's stuff that could be... The one thing that doesn't look today is his haircut, because I don't think anybody would, would do that today. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, a remarkable figure. Later went on, was a longtime board member and an ambassador for Manchester United, never really took to management. Um, supposedly had a hand in taking Sir Alex to, to United and then backing him when he was there, especially in the early years when he was under... When he was under pressure, so I think undoubtedly a, a giant of the yeah, game for sure. Jules, that brings us to an end. Aww, but we got to come back on Thursday. You know why? The, champ- the champions. That's right. We're going to be back Thursday. On Joe, then love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 